What does Giselle off Enchanted, Hawkeye, Zuri off Black Panther, and Meals Ready to Eat have in common? How about a 2016 dirty sci-fi flick? Arrival. We palindrome our way back or forward to when circle ink blots tell our future or past. Weird octo I do not know creatures that are based on Abbott and Costello, who's on first, gives you a mental twist 12 times over. This film is out of this, so out of this world, Forrest's eye seems to be normal. The meal ready to eat movie will keep you guessing and pressing pause to say, what the fuck, to paranormal on this episode of Cinema and Sugar. Cinema and Sugar. What's cracking, sugar cubes? We're going to welcome our sweet, sugary co-host, A.A. Ron. Hello. And we'd like to welcome our special popcorn and whiskey and don't need the popcorn so much, special guest, Stu. I'm special. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome, everybody, to this uh, episode of Arrival and we got the sugar. We got MREs, meals ready to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, Stu. Hey, you got me confused already. This is good. <laughs> and, and actually, we do have MREs. Uh, well, I know what MREs are. I just didn't know where the shit that came from. Uh, oh, <laughs> so we oh. like to pick a, a food for, from the movie, oh. and that was literally the only food I could think of that was actually in the movie was MREs. Oh, yeah. yeah, just military MREs. Well, it, it, well wasn't there like octopus? <laughs> I don't they didn't eat the alien octopus. <laughs> yeah, but they killed his ass. The heptopods or whatever. Yeah, the heptopods. Uh, we're going to give you a spoiler alert. If you've never listened to Cinnamon Sugar, you should pause this episode. Go watch Arrival and then come back and unpause Cinnamon Sugar and keep on listening to us. But you have been warned. Attention. Attention. The following are movie spoilers. Stop listening now if you don't want to be spoiled. So we have a few cubies that commented on our Facebook post from a previous episode of Fight Club. And we asked the question, if you could punch any celebrity in the face, who would it be? How about you, Stu? Oh, I'm not a celebrity, but people want to punch me. (laughs) (laughs) If you could punch any celebrity in the face of a past or present. I would choose a present one so they just really feel it um you know i don't hate him or anything but i think i could probably take macaulay culkin macaulay culkin yeah that's a good one i'm kind of a puss and i think i i think i'd aim low i don't know macaulay culkin looks like he's already been punched in the face by life so oh yeah just yeah, two times over yeah i think he's a funny guy though i think he could take it i was did you say face or sack hey, hey. <laughs> The, well, the question is in the face, but we can just go okay. anywhere. Okay. Just anywhere. Yeah. Punch I, him I, anywhere. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> how, how clean are we on this show? Oh, uh, this isn't... Uh, we we say no. fuck a lot. Yeah. Oh. Well, I gotta go then, because I'm not supposed to say fuck. <laughs> so John McDonald commented, Hulk Hogan, growing up, he went from the biggest good guy to the worst, worst bad guy. Made life hell for my boy Sting. Plus, he's pretty overrated as as well. Also, his movies were trash. I I mean, I can't disagree with the fact that his movies were trash because they were. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, 
brother. <laughs> and then we got uh, we got Jim uh, from a previous episode and the one before this that he um, had to take a hiatus and a sick day. Uh, he said he commented, Sig- Sigmund Freud, I feel there's a joke in there I'm not understanding. Um, probably wants to punch him in the face because he, Sigmund Freud is the one who pretty much uh, I don't know says I, that most I'm men reading want into to sleep it like a mom. Like, I'm reading into it like a punching the clown kind of metaphor. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Probably to every movie he watches. Punching the clown is a masturbation reference, right? Oh, really? <laughs> Just a. <laughs> Sexual There's innuendo. so many masturbation references. Well, sexual innuendo is Go five hard on to one, come by. Doing the knuckle shuffle, you know all these, all these. Giving good the ones. privates a dishonorable discharge. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. <laughs> Beating the snot out of Baldy. <laughs> I heard. I've heard, I've heard climbing Mount Baldy. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mount Baldy's not always that tall, though. Right. <laughs> It's you sometimes just a hill. <laughs> it's the altitude, honey. <laughs> so uh, we we have a, uh, a little segment called "Pitch the Movie in One Sentence," and if you don't know what a pitch is in filmmaking, a pitch is a concise, verbal, and sometimes visual presentation of idea for a film or TV series, to hope of attracting financial pay to get the movie uh, made. So basically, a sales pitch for the movie. So. With that being said, pitch us the movie, Stu, oh, in one okay. sentence. It's got to be one sentence. In one sentence. I've already used two. <laughs> How about we go with a movie where we don't have to film the ending because there fucking isn't one? <laughs> I, I like, actually like that a lot better than what I found on the internet. <laughs> it's a good point. Ah. <laughs> uh. So the one that I found on the interweb, but I like Stu's a lot better. <laughs> but this one is a linguist works with the military to communicate with alien life forms after 12 mysterious spaceships appear around the world. Sounds like somebody read something else on the internet and then said it again. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's the movie in, uh, uh, in the one one sentence pitch. Uh, and then the, the food that we have is an MRE, and a meal's ready to eat. And Aaron and I have experienced these. Too. I have. have. Uh, I have. Did um, you serve the military no, or no, just eat these? No, I was actually, uh, where I lived in West Virginia, a military plane crashed, and the recovery team that came to you know map it out had MREs, and it was around Thanksgiving so they didn't need him because it was a small community in West Virginia that filled them full of turkey. So they gave the MREs to us kids, oh. which is the place where I first experienced a five pack of cigarettes. <laughs> so you had the old ones that had the oh, cigarettes in the rations. Oh, yeah. Cigarettes and fake chocolate. Oh. Well, that's amazing. Well, that, br- well, that brings us to the history of food. Sorry. The MRE was actually adopted as the Department of Defense Combat Ration in 1975. They were calling them sea rats when we ate them. So sea rations, uh, it said uh, from, that was like based 1938 sea rations. It's the closest to what we now think of the MRE, where they were given actually three choices. Meat and beans, 
meat and vegetable stew or meat and potato hash. Uh, and then they they kept that for a long time as far as the sea ration. But they actually developed, like, s- since 1907, they were, like, the iron ration. And they had, like, just, like, the like three-ounce cakes made with bouillon, beef bouillon powder and cooked wheat. And then 1917, it was, like, reserve rations. And those were issued to World War One, And they included 12 ounces of fresh bacon and one pound of canned meat. 1938 yep. was the uh, one where you got like the the other choices. 1958 was the meal combat individual, the MCI, included canned wheat, uh, wet rations, averaging about 1,200 calories each. And uh, most of the, most people didn't like those ones. The service members disliked the MCIs, but this was the uh, one that they kept in production for almost 20 years. Well, that was it's still better than what they had like in World War One. So in Europe, there was a wheat shortage and stuff like that. So they were starting to use sawdust as a filler to create bread. Nice. So like, and then uh, a lot of soldiers in the trenches would uh, end up catching and killing and boiling and eating rats uh, to have meat because there was a meat shortage. So like the MREs is a way better... Way better option than uh, what you end up having to eat if you don't have them. Sort Were of the thing. breakfast ones of those called morning wood? <laughs> I mean, if if, if they uh, made them really flat and rolled them into a freaking burrito, I think it would make sense. Yeah, yeah. right. Some morning wood, <laughs> hardest wood man known to man. Right. Uh, so, Aaron, what was your most favorite and least favorite MRE when you were in the army? Uh, the vegetarian ones. And, and back to the morning wood. You can build a chest out of it, but you can also fill a crib with it, too. Nice. So. <laughs> That's so terrible. Yeah. I'm glad I don't get it that well. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Well, they actually did away with the veggie omelet here recently. Did they? Yeah. Thank goodness. They finally listened to the soldiers because the veggie omelet was terrible. My favorite, I gotta say, my favorite one was probably the uh, uh, beef, beefy mac MRE. Yeah, you mean the chili mac? The chili mac, that one, yes. Yeah, the chili mac was on point. <laughs> that was that was the best one, in my opinion. Uh, the rest of them, any of the vegetarian ones were terrible. Okay. But, yeah. Do you, you'll what, you'll what, find out. I've I've got some MREs. I'm gonna. I'm oh, gonna we're gonna eat, an, We're gonna eat them. I'm gonna send you with an actual MRE when, nice. we're, when we're done with the oh, episode. Oh, I hope it's that veggie omelet. That sounds delicious. Oh man, it's like congealed. Just <laughs> <laughs> or I can I can just bring them to work tomorrow and we can have those for breakfast. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> See how you feel the rest of the yeah. day. Get your three thousand oh. calories in one sitting. Wow. Oh. And uh, so they actually finally were like, hey, let's make some better ones. So in 1978, they, the first delivery went out just three years later um, or, yeah, after 1975. They did a huge uh, large-scale production for MREs. And then the uh, the 25th um, ID. Yeah, 25th ID. Oh, yeah, the 25th ID. They ate nothing but MREs for 34 days. And the, uh, the service members actually rated the food acceptable. Yeah, nice. But only only about half the meals were consumed, so the food was super gross, and the soldiers only ate them out of necessity. 
Yeah, usually when you're in the field, they'll they'll give you MREs for two meals and then one hot meal. Yeah. Usually the breakfast is the, the hot meal that they give you, and then you have to eat the MREs for lunch and dinner. Well, did you, Stu, did you ever experience, like, the newer MREs where they have, like, the little heating thing? Nope, nope. The ones, um, that plane went down, I think, in 76, and so, so hey, I'm guessing we got stuff from 38. <laughs> Do you remember what the food you ate out of those um, ones? I didn't eat any of the crap. It, it was beans, I think, meat and beans. Just the meat and beans? Yeah, I you think so. You didn't have then, the envelope no, of corned beef hash? No, no, there was no envelope. Everything was in, um... Cans? Military green cans with yeah. the little little can opener. Oh, yeah, the little... I do yeah. remember the Paul Malls were dry. <laughs> <laughs> Dang those cigarettes no, that they were provided. Yeah. That's M&M's it. were in them as well. The newer ones. Yeah, not, no, no, no. not M- in the... M&M's, not, since their creation, have been put in... They uh, weren't in these ones. Meat. Those guys jerked us around and gave us cigarettes and no M&M's. <laughs> Like these ones actually like expand your lungs. Oh, nice. It's because they kept the M&Ms and they gave you the cigarettes. <laughs> That's how it usually was. Like when I was in basic or just any kind of in the field, uh, when I was in my little stint in the Air Force, people would like be like, hey, you want my MRA? I'm, I'm full. I'm like, you probably went through and like took all the good stuff, didn't you? Like they took like the, the, the crackers and cheese and the... The M and M's and all the candies and well, stuff. Well, when, when I came home from basic training and I, or when I was training to go over to Iraq, and I brought you that duffel bag of nothing but leftover MRE stuff. Yeah, it was just like all the stuff that you didn't want. But the cool thing that, that you did give us was, um, uh, is the MRE heaters. So mm-hmm. in the new MREs, you can have this little. What is it even in those packets? I don't know, but when you add water to it, it gets really hot and it it's creates... a chemical reaction. Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, but you brought all those because I never, I would never use those in my MREs, and my fellow comrades <laughs> would be like, "Why you were you... in the Russian army? <laughs> You'd be surprised." <laughs> it, but served it, in Great Falls, right? <laughs> served in Great, mostly, mostly <laughs> Russians. But uh, so it was. They were like, "Why don't you heat it up?" I'm like, "Well, one, it's like time consuming." I'm like. Cold shit, warm shit, it both it all tastes like shit anyways. So I'm not gonna heat it up. I'm just lazy, just wanna get it done. Chili Mac and the uh, the burger, the the cheeseburger, well, we're way better when you heated them up, trust me on that one. See, I just knew that my stomach was hurting, I just needed to fill it. That's why I always started with the candy first. <laughs> ate the candy while that stuff was warming up and then ate everything else. Right. So yeah, that's that's a, that's MREs. How do you spell that? Um, I think Carrie, that's Murray. Murray. It's about four football Oh, fields. like Tuesdays with Murray. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so let's move on to some movie facts and discussion, and we're going to ask you a few questions of this movie. Okay. Uh, there's Stu. All right. I want to ask you a bunch of questions, and I want to have them answered immediately. Okay. So, um, why did they use the bird in the bird, the bird in the bird cage? Um, that was, I think, they used it like a canary in a coal mine situation to see if there was going to be weird gas there. I also think they just did that to make the audience think there was a possibility that there would be action in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right. It was the most. So, the, and you're right. So he's a, he gets a ding on that one. Uh, yeah, they were just used it to, to test the, if the alien's atmosphere is safe because the miners have done that in the first centuries. They called cage and canary in a cage. Old people do it too. 
Yeah, that's why old people have so many birds in their houses. Because they're well, poisoning That you? was a joke about miners, Aaron. <laughs> Well played, Stu. Well played. No, no, just early in the day. <laughs> but you know, and I've seen that through other movies too. Like even uh, in the movie uh, um, with um, the the one, the new one with Sandra Bullock. Oh, uh, the, the Bird, Bird Box. Bird Box. Yeah, yeah, Bird Box. They had the, you know the canaries that would sense. You know, she used those when they. Uh, yeah, the they would sense the around. evil of the. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've seen that throughout movies, so as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, it's probably, they're just testing out, make sure everything's safe. Poor little canary. So, um, another one is, do you know what a palindrome is? Uh, I pronounce it palindrome. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wait, 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 how am I saying it? I don't know. You, you, you said palindrome. Oh, palindrome. And which palindrome. Is, which is really interesting, because that word is not the same front words as backwards. No, it's stupid. But palindrome. palindrome. See, now you got me not saying it. Pal- <laughs> palindrome. It's a word that is spelled exactly the same front words or backwards. Numbers are sometimes also palindromes, like 2002, or entire sentences like, Madam, I'm Adam. Madam, or, uh, a butt tuba. That's also a palindrome. Taco Cat is the biggest palindrome on the internet. So I have some examples, and you said Taco Cat is one of them. Here's a sentence um, that uh, is a palindrome. Are we not pure? No, sir. Panama's moody. Noriga brags. It is garbage. Irony dooms a man and a prisoner up to new era. Nice. But I think it was Noriega. That too. Noriega. So, if you haven't no. listened to the, uh, no, the podcast exactly. before, Jared is no, not this, hooked okay, on this phonics. This is spelled N-O-R-I-E-G-A. Noriega. Yeah, Noriega. And I just, I, I heard Chut Huntley Brinkley say it back when he was the thing. Noriega? That doesn't even look like Noriega. It's well, stupid for, phonics. There's he, too many phonics He used to have a beard. an I and an E and then like a space and then an A, so I think the A is supposed to have a different sound because there's an I-E before it. Did you, stupid English. Did you know that phonetic isn't spelled that way? What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Borrow or rob? That's um, a palindrome. Oh, nice. King Borrow or rob? King, are we glad you are king? Um, booby trap is almost a palindrome. I think. Oh, boob party. No, wait. Booby trap party. Something like that. I'm just, <laughs> I was like, wait, is this I'm a joke? Just, I don't know if you're no, joking with me right now. No, I'm just trying to visualize boobs right now. <laughs> boob. Boob is, is a palindrome. palindrome. And proof that man can keep his attention on two things at once. Look at this. Was it a car or a cat I saw? Was it a car or a cat I saw? Yeah. Um, UFO tofu. Oh, oh, okay. This has nothing to do with palindromes, but I was on a motorcycle ride and I saw the best sign in the world in Spokane. And it was a restaurant called, it was a tofu restaurant. And it was I heart tofu, which sounds innocuous, but if you spell it out, it's I heart to F you. Uh-huh. And it was spaced like that. Like tofu had a definite split in it. So like, you know, there was somebody going, <clears throat> we got away with it. I love to fuck you. Get it? Because. Okay. Have you ever seen Keen uh, Peel's, uh, or not sorry, Keen Peel's, uh, Penn and Teller's uh, magic show. Yes. Where it's like, fool us. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, when they actually get fooled and they give them a trophy mm-hmm. and it says fooled us or whatever, do you notice that the F is ginormous and the U is ginormous? Mm-hmm. And it basically says F U. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't know if they did it on purpose. Oh, yeah. Hey, Penn and Teller, if you did, genius. I like that. It's basically oh, yeah, they, they definitely did it on purpose. So my favorite palindrome is uh, Yo Banana Boy. Nice. Yo That's, Banana Boy. But uh, so palindrome is important in this movie because it's because it the the movie itself the story of, in the events existing in a nonlinear timeline. So right. when they when they name their daughter or when she names her daughter the daughter is, is Hannah which is a palindrome, and she asks her you know why she named her that. So it's like it's kind of you know the the, the entire thing is a palindrome because in linear time it just. The film's final scene is Lewis departing the hospital room where Hannah died, which is immediately followed by its first scene, Lewis's arrival at the university to find only a few students in her lecture room. Nice. Yeah. 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 The whole movie is a palindrome. And once you once you realize that, it makes a lot more sense. It's one is one of those. All right, if I can get unfunny here, which is practically impossible for okay. me um so for me the movie needs to be seen more than one time the first time you see it you're going into it going oh cool a space movie hope shit blows up and you go in with that attitude and it doesn't happen you're going to be disappointed um then you'll get hooked by the storyline which is good um but a little bit vague and you don't understand why it's vague the second time you watch a movie you're not expecting shit to blow up you know why it's vague and you start seeing things in the storyline that were clues all along. And then like the third time, if you watch it more than two, like I did, (laughs) um, you start seeing little um, like Easter eggs that they, they put in there, like um, the shape of the windows when they go through the movie actually spell out the name Hannah. You don't, I mean, you see an H and you see it, you don't see the whole word ever, but as the scene progresses, the the light coming through the window is the shape of letters and shit like that. That's just really weird. So it's those little. Um, that's that's what I love about movies when they add stuff, de- yeah. detail in it yeah. to where it's not at all talked about. The, but the, the more you watch it, um, then it will be got a notification. Oh no! Uh, it, it it really. That was my mom saying I'm full of shit. <laughs> No, it's good because because yeah. there was a you know doing the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I I never came across that fact, so that's cool. And I you know I may be just dreaming, but I saw it. Yeah, yeah. but you know it was weird things like the tree made the middle part of the N, and you know just weird stuff like that. That's cool. You know, so there was this movie was it's it's, a, it's based upon like, like aliens coming down, um, and they they have twelve uh, just ships that we're all calling them. They're not doing anything; they're just hovering, you know, a little bit above the uh, surface. They're all throughout the uh, the world, and there's twelve of them, and everyone's just kind of like in panic of like you know because us humans need to we're, we we got to know what, why 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 are they here? Oh, well, every movie that we've ever had about aliens coming down as well, has been they're coming to conquer us because they're more technolo- technologically advanced so they can right. only want to rule us. Well, I think, in- interestingly, I overthink stuff. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I do. I do. I overthink (laughs) stuff. And to me, I I feel like there's a there's a parallel in in the movie as to how you watch the movie. So like you you kind of bring something of yourself to the movie. Like every time I've seen it, it's made me think of something that's going on in my world that seems like a never ending pile of shit. But at the same time, it's it's necessary for you to get through it to get to the other side Mm. of it. And you either learn from it or you don't and you're doomed to repeat it or whatever. But I kind of feel like the, the concept that they came down and each country brought to it what their fears were. Mm-hmm. And she kind of brought to it a questioning mind about it. And she really wasn't bringing anything to it, you know? And I think the fact that she was open and, I find it interesting that she was, she came across to me as a kind of a very sad person anyway, before, because the story of course is happening before her daughter's even born. And she's quote unquote, remembering these things that are going to occur. And, um, and then he is kind of a happy guy and he ends up not being able to take the fact that their daughter is going to die and divorcing her. You think because, she made the conscious decision to go ahead and have a child with him knowing that the child would die, Mm -hmm. but they never say those things directly. She just says, Oh, now I know why my husband left me. And Mm -hmm. he says, you're married. You know, they don't, they don't ever, they don't ever spoon feed you exactly what happens. They kind of leave it up to you to, to put your own experiences into it and go, well, yeah, I think that's what happened, but yeah. it leaves the uh, the the majority of the story open to interpretation. Oh yeah, really. Yeah, and it, that really helps. Um, that really helps me understand it because I watched it a second time, and uh, well, the first time I didn't really. I guess like one of those that I just fell asleep to. So I guess I watched. Yeah, that there's one. not there's not a lot of excitement. Yeah, it's, it's very um, the, the way that they wrote it. Uh, they said that it was it was they considered it a dirty sci-fi. And it was kind of like its own little category as far as like genre of movie right. because they said it's like on it's like something that would happen on a Tuesday morning on your way to school while it's raining and you're looking out the window daydreaming about something. Yeah, it's not like an intense alien movie. No, because no. you because you barely even see the creatures and through like this glass or some kind right. of you know. Right. The creatures were really not the star of the story. The, the story was kind of the star of the story. Yeah. 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 The, uh, mm. like the, the understanding, like the, the getting to know the, the aliens language was, was the, the story. Key. Right. Was the story. Yeah. Well, yeah. And for her to, fi- you know, find out that it's like, uh, they're speaking like a universal language, but yet she had, bless you. That's no, right. Bless you is not a palindrome. No, it's not. A chuck is. <laughs> so it was like, but then then there's a part in there where she remembers that she read this book about universal language. Well, that's the book she wrote. Oh, she actually wrote it. She yeah. wrote that. Book. Yeah, that was a that was a forward into the future. That was. Oh, Jesus. So, See so, <laughs> so there's 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 one. That's there's it. You got to watch it three more times. Right? There's there's one like line in the movie. Um, that like totally explains the movie in my opinion. And, uh, I think it was, I think it was the, the guy scientist, um, Hawkeye, uh, what's his name? Yeah. Um, I don't know anybody's names. Neither uh, do I. Just uh, character names. 
I don't even know character names. The dude <laughs> that ends up fathering the kid yeah, that dies. Yeah, so he's he's talking about how he how uh, he heard a story about like, um, like just immersing yourself in into a culture helps you understand the language more. Yeah, yeah. And that as you as you become more familiar with the language, you also become more familiar with the culture. And the the alien language, it's circular. It it goes around. And so it's culture. Almost. It's 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 a so it's it's past, present, and future, all their language. So as she becomes more and more immersed in their language and understands language more, she starts seeing things the way like they do. The way they do. Yeah, she starts yeah. perceiving time the way they do, which is past, present, and future all at once. And that is what explains the movie. Less like where there's um like you'll be she'll be in the middle of a scene and then all of a sudden she'll be like talking to her daughter in the future and like that'll give answer. her information she needed for the past. Exactly. Or yeah. or uh information in the past then gives her the information for the future. Right. When her when her daughter asks her, you know, what's the What's the scientific term for a a win win situation? And uh, she's like, I I don't know. You'd have to ask your father. And then like it goes back to the scene where it's in the past, and then he uses the term zero sum. Zero sum. Yeah. And then she is able to answer the question in the future. Sort See, of thing. that's the part when I was watching it. I'm like, wait. That's why it was it was like, confusing because there were little hints like that. I was like, wait, she's these are flashbacks to her daughter, or flash forwards to her daughter. Um, but at the time I was like, it's a flashback and she was talking and I'm like, that's, that's talking about the dad, which is played by Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Thank Renner. You. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the beauty of the first time you watch it, you don't know if she's nuts or she's having flashbacks and they don't address it on purpose. They want you to, they want you yeah, to be confused. They, they confusion is because basically you're mirroring what she's going through. She's going through a confusion of understanding their language and dialect and she doesn't understand that it's a timeline that is a loop. Um, I think my favorite takeaway from this is I, I'm always disappointed at time travel movies. Always. Oh, yeah. Big time. It's like, I, you know, there's some people that believe if you start a new timeline, uh, it's going to negate the next timeline. Or if you meet yourself, the universe will explode or whatever. Or the, you'll cease to exist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um what I liked about this was it kind of erased all that. It was just saying, no, really, the time travel part of it doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah. A lot, one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about with uh, time travel is you would have to actually create a time and space travel machine to be able yeah. to travel in time. Because the Earth isn't going to be in the same spot in two In the days. universe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like hundreds of years ago, we were thousands of miles away because... Not only are we traveling around the sun, but then the sun is traveling through space as well. Yeah, that's not what it says in the Bible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There's it's, a lot of things it doesn't say in the Bible. Well, you know, <laughs> you know it, this... it's, it told me you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, let's just not even go there. <laughs> Stu's, Stu's father was a uh, pastor, in case you were wondering. <laughs> that's true. And... A very smart man, and actually the person who trained me in the ability to contain two opposed ideas in my head and not have it explode. Yeah. He, he was actually really pretty wonderful at that. Crazy. And, yeah, it is crazy. The religious crazy stuff I get is not from my dad. <laughs> it's uh, it's from all, well, not all, but from, let's say, a several of the 
Dude, I'm not confessing this shit on the radio. <laughs> well, it's not on the radio. This is a podcast. Oh, cool. Then I'll do it. It was that guy, Larry, that son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, Stu, true or false? Yes. Amy Adams was raised Mormon. I have no freaking idea, but I'm guessing by her haircut, she was a Mormon. True. Yay! She is a Mormon family of seven in uh, Castle Rock, Colorado. That's cool. Ask me other things about Mormon girls. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to pull up your Pornhub search? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, true or false? Um, the siren emitted uh, throughout the movie, signaling the scientist's preparation to approach the ship is identical to the siren used in The Purge. Well, you know, I didn't see The Purge, but I'm guessing because the question is there that I will go with true because that's how this shit works. Look at that. He got it right. He's like, this is how this works. <laughs> I Well, it's, I, I dreamt in the future that you told me that in the past. <laughs> see, why do you got to blow my mind? <laughs> Because ever ever since like doing like the the, the the episode of Interstellar in the previous podcast, I like that like, one too. It's so scientifically according to everybody. It's so scientifically like accurate. Yeah. That I'm like, okay, there's some weird stuff that happens. Well, the the, yeah. the the relativity part of that was really I found that really interesting. I used to read a lot of science fiction when I was not paying attention in high school, and um, I was always intrigued by a book's ability to talk about time travel way better than a movie because the movie doesn't have a chance to go in depth. And I thought they did a pretty good job with that one with the con. They didn't, they didn't explain it fully, but the idea that gravity and time and, and the distance that you're traveling are all interrelated kind of speaks to what Aaron was talking about. Are you in the same place and how they overcame that was by the stre the stretching of one or the other, either the time or the, yeah. Yeah, or the location you were going to, the relative time. And what a, what a lot of people don't understand is what was science fiction decades ago is now science fact yeah. on a, on a lot of things. Yeah, because those guys were they were doing research and it was um, it was intriguing to them, and so then they would read what some scientist was working on and go, "Ooh, that's a cool concept. Let's write a story with boobs in it." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Boobs. Boobs. So the, this this always comes back to boobs. This is a palindrome. <laughs> so what were the aliens called in this movie? Um, Abbott and Costello. Well, that's the human names since humans have to right. give Hepto human names. Heptopods, which means seven feet, and I, not seven feet tall, but seven actual feet. You know why you um, can't have limbs? Yeah. You know why you can't have a nose that's twelve inches? Because it would be a foot. <laughs> and do you know why that joke doesn't work in Canada? They don't have feet. Because <laughs> they use the metric system. <laughs> so and that is the cleanest joke I have about a 12-inch thing. Anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it smells like a foot. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh. Mom, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> don't listen to it. Spoiler alert. Your son's a nasty bastard. As your dad would say, you're a card. You need to be dealt with or decked. That's right. <laughs> so the, 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 the cephalopods were actually, they're based on the prophecy from scientists, uh, from some scientists that the earth will be taken over by cephalopods in the future. Oh, cool. 
So the scientists are telling us that this is... Yeah, yeah. the scientists are thinking that it's going to be the ones coming from our own yeah, planet. Yeah, but a cephalopod just... and a septopod are two different things. Cephala and septa aren't the same prefix. What the hell are we talking about Wait, here? Did, did, they, did they say septa or did they say... Well, they were septopods in the... In the uh, in the movie, in the yeah. movie, and cephalopods are probably going to take over the Earth because they're going to give us all cephalus. <laughs> Just kill with the uh, <laughs> the good good old human diseases. That's right. I mean, well, that's how that's how Funny, we killed. What is this thing? I don't know. Let's fuck it. <laughs> that's how we killed the uh, the Martians in uh, War of the Worlds. You know, just freaking got them sick, and then they died. Rubbed our sack on them. Yep. That's that's the only way to do it is uh Bacteria. It's, it's like uh their like their greatest weak or the greatest strength is their greatest weakness. Yep. Yep. Zombies don't do it. Bacteria will. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I like you just go, oh no, and then well, you don't say anything. Well, about it. well the thing is you just said you just told me what's gonna happen. Spoiler alert, great. <laughs> It's the well, fucking it's, point now, dudes. That's what happened in the past. <laughs> what if bacteria kills zombies? Then we're fucked. We're doomed to just keep doing this podcast forever. Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's what we're planning on doing. Awesome. Forever. Forever. So, Always as it so what are you guys' thoughts of Forrest Whitaker? I really like everything I've seen him in, and he likes everything he's seen half of. <laughs> He's, he he's a great actor, but yeah, he's his eye is it's distracting. You know, it doesn't distract me because I I have an injured eye. I have friends with injured eyes. Yeah, but your injured eye doesn't look injured. Oh, it doesn't. Obviously, it sees injured. Yeah, well, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 I honestly just want to know if he's had a stroke in the past, like because that's, that's I had what one this morning. Like. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was up early. Come on. Yeah, no. So he actually he, he plays the same kind of character in in a Species in 1995. Yeah, yeah. Where he's a he's a, a military officer who recruits civilian experts with special skills to, you know, help him with uh, contact of an alien species. You know, sometimes for me he comes across as over intense for the. For the, for the, for what's going <laughs> right. on? You know? like, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You look like you smoked a lot of pot, but you're really not acting like you smoked a lot <laughs> yeah. of pot. You're 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 looking like you smoked a lot of pot because you were undercover, trying to yeah. bust the pot dealers. Yeah. Um, I know this is off topic, and uh, but he was freaking awesome in the Crying Game. What's oh what's yeah it? yeah yeah, and it, you know it was early in the it, and he was integral in the setup of the story and yeah he was he was freaking brilliant he was he was also really good in uh uh phenomenon he was oh in yeah, phenomenon. yeah he was yeah i forgot about that that's that, john that travolta's a, uh was, friend yeah that was yeah. that was a good movie too i enjoyed that one and yeah. uh speaking of a translation remember <laughs> this is kind of it's kind of interesting that you brought that up in phenomenon he wanted to to speak to the uh the maid his maid or his uh, housekeeper because mm-hmm. he was he like liked her and so he asked how to translate, you know, this and that. And John Travolta translated into like a more Spanish, romantic, yeah, yeah. Into Spanish, right. yeah, more right. romantic. So look at translation. He needed someone to translate for him. Yeah, he's he's always looking for translators for some strange reason. <laughs> no, it's always to get pussy. <laughs> 
He's like, what do these septopods have that I want? They got, they got seven, seven of what? them. They got seven of what? <laughs> well, if you think about it, there would be a joint between each one of them legs. <laughs> that means it'd be six of them. Or five. One, no, no. Two, three, it, four. I get to four and I five, make a moist spot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all you got with the movie facts. You guys got any movie facts about it? Um, No. No, no, I think I'm. I think I don't have any more. Well, I say I got one more. It's uh, okay. so the only best Oscar nominee that year to not be nominated in any of the acting categories. Oh, so it got on. It, what did it get one for? I don't know. Okay, it was nominated for best picture. Oh, okay, without getting a best actor. Yeah, without anything with acting. It, well, you like, know, the picture was good. Now I think that what that means is no one stood out as the star of the show, and they're really. I mean. There really wasn't. Yeah, there was yeah. no like. Oh my gosh, did you see I mean, it so was and hers. so? Yeah, they they were all good in it. They were all adequate in it. The story really was the star of the show. Yeah, and I that's agree. and then I, you know, it's like it's like we've talked about. It's one of those movies that you gotta watch, you know, more than once or twice mm-hmm. to really like appreciate it yeah. and understand like everything that goes into it and just the thought and uh, the thought that goes into you know how the movie's laid out and everything. You know, that's one of the things that one of the things I like about watching it multiple times and the fact that it isn't an action packed thing where you're if you talk over it, you're going to ruin it. If you've watched it with someone, you can be in the middle of the movie and it can be playing. and You can say, wow, did you see that? You kind of see how this ties into that and they'll have a different perspective and you can actually interact with it without destroying what's going on in the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's I got to watch it again because I I. uh yeah, the first time around, I was I was watching it uh, on my phone while I was uh, filming um, the just this western a few weeks ago, and uh, I had to like pause it in between certain scenes and stuff. But uh, just watching it, it was it was intriguing because I was like just very curious of you know where it was gonna go. Right. And then the ending, I'm just like, wait, what? Huh? So when, when when I talked to you about this a week ago, you said you had a very unpopular opinion about. Oh, it. can we do that? Can we? I have an unpopular opinion. Yes. Okay, right. So this morning I wake up and I'm like, what if they asked me to act like I hated this movie? And this is how I would have pitched it if I hated it. Go. Okay. A turd is a palindrome. It's got a point at each end and shit in the middle. At least it has a point. Yes, that's what my unpopular opinion was. Uh, actually, before um, sitting here today recording this, uh, and Stu explaining it a little bit more of the uh, just like a little in depth of the thought process, and uh, I just really liked it, and I think it helps. I was in the right place to see it. You know, I was going through some crap, and it kind of spoke to me. And I I come back to it. It's almost like you know, it's a it's for me. It's like a therapy movie because it's it. it it points out that, yeah, sh- stuff's going to be shitty. It's going to be. You, there's no way around the fact that crappy stuff is going to happen. But maybe the reason the crappy stuff is happening is so the story can move along. Yeah. That's, that's, remember, there's how I believe life is. You know, it, it can be shitty. And you're going to be like, in that moment, you're like, man, this really sucks. And you just either want to quit or give up. But just know that it's supposed to happen. You just keep moving forward. Just take a break. Don't quit. Just take a break, but keep moving forward. Yeah, keep moving forward. 
And when I watched the movie, uh, Stu had just seen the movie uh, when it first came out, and then he told me about the like he didn't give me specifics, but he he pitched it to me in a way that made I didn't me want use to the watch. Turd, I didn't use the turd pitch. Yeah, no, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't use the turd. Pitch. But then, but then, like I went and watched it, and uh, he he's like, when you watch it, just like keep this kind of mind frame when you're watching it. And, like, that helped me, like, understand a lot of the movie, like, right off the bat. Um, like, it was it was confusing at first, but then, like, once I heard the, the part where he's, like, you know, as you become more immersed in the language, and then I found out that the alien language it was, you know, past, present, and future, then it started making sense. Things started clicking. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then that helped actually... Uh, make the uh, the most epic scene that we're going to play here in, in a little bit a um, little easier to understand, like, what was going on in the scene sort of thing, too. So. It would, just knowing that, having that mindset going into the movie really does, I feel, help understand the movie. Yeah, you didn't you didn't get a heads up from me like that. I was like, hey, let's do this episode. I know a guy. And I was, when you said arrive, I was like, can I watch that one again? And so, uh, but watching it again, and yeah, I think I need to just watch it again because it's it really is has its it's it's its own feel. And uh, one of the, the the this okay the the pods, the alien ships or whatever, they're all throughout the world. But the one that we're watching in the movie is supposed to be based in Bozeman, Montana. Which that's if you've ever not. been to Bozeman, Montana, that is not Bozeman, Montana. That's obviously British Columbia. Right. <laughs> I bet those houses cost the same. Right. Yeah, probably <laughs> just probably. as much. But that, that, that it does bring us to the most epic scene of the movie. So we got here. We go. It is time for us to unveil the most remembered, the most repeated, the most epic scene of the movie. <laughs> All right. So as we said earlier. Uh, in the movie, there's 12 ships that come down, and they're in different countries, and all these countries, they're communicating with their ships, and they're working together, but there's one group, uh, there's one country, China, that, like, kind of has, like, its own little group, and, like, a, whatever they do, a bunch of other little countries do. Yeah, they'll fall like dominoes, like, four countries, four locations are going to follow whatever. Whatever China do. does, yeah. So, yeah. there's a scene where um, China has pretty much just... Takes takes it that the they're they're trying to pit us against each other, so they're going to fight the aliens, and all these other countries are going to start following suit. And the the gal, um, Doctor Lewis, uh, she she's under started understanding what what the language is meaning and realizes that it's it's a gift and that each country is getting a part. And, of this and that we need to work together for it to work. Yeah, so she she is trying... So everything's breaking down. The world is on... Uh, high alert. High alert, because, yeah. you know, they're going to they're gonna start firing on, on the aliens. Right. And uh, um, this is the scene... That's what's leading up to this scene right here. And uh, this is the most epic scene right here.
So she was standing in a field, now she's standing in a banquet hall. She's standing in the field. Okay. 
So that was um, the most epic scene because it, it just really showed, it just basically just you know pulled back the curtain of what What's the heck been, yeah the yeah. entire movie yeah how how she's able to see into the future while also still being in the past sort of thing and it like it helps her complete the circle complete the circle and it also helps stop from attacking the the aliens who were there to help us and to give us the tool to better understand like what's going to happen in the future well, when like they come it, back I, sort of thing. I kind of like the concept that they're saying all of this went down because we're part of their circle too and like in 3000 years they need our help. Yeah. And we need to be prepared for it and we need to have been able to work together we need to for those 3000 years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we need to communicate with them. <clears throat> or or communicate with ourselves even. I mean that's yeah. kind of the whole point of this was I think the whole point of this is the concept that none of us sees the whole picture. Yeah. Nobody, n- nobody in the world sees the whole picture. And the only way you put that, all that shit together is if you work together and that's as preachy as I'm going to get. Well, and, and it's, and it's having a universal language because yeah, we're, we're like separated an, by language, like an actual universal, not just like a world universal, yeah. but like a universe, universal language. language. In the entire universe. Well, and it's also the embracing of the of the unknown culture to mm-hmm. st- something that is not your normal. Something you know, being able to step outside of what you think needs to be done to see what's actually going on around you. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Well, that was the the most epic scene of the movie, and uh, we appreciate you, Stu, coming out to. Uh, um, you know, being I always a thought I'd come guest. out on a prod on a podcast. <laughs> Is it your first podcast? No, it's the first time I've come out. Oh, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> We're a first one for you. Nice. I like that. I'm sure you all suspected. Uh, I also want to thank Stu for introducing me to this movie because cool. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed watching I'm, this movie. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's you know I I I only recommend movies that I really like. You know I don't ever mm-hmm. you know I don't. I think movies are an important thing. Um, I understand that people like shit that I don't like. I get yeah. that entirely. So I, I usually, if someone asks me how I feel about a movie, I'm pretty honest. I think it's, I think it's cool that you, you, uh, you introduced me and recommended a, a movie that had a deeper um, mental thing, and then I retaliated by recommending a show that had uh, a lot of dicks sewn onto a jacket. Oh, I, well, that was a TV show, and that's that's what I look for in a TV show: is dick jackets, dicks on a jacket. For, yeah. for those of you who haven't watched uh, the last one, laughing uh, with Rebel Wilson, yeah, it is six episodes of what the hell is going on? Well, but hilarious. Yeah, comedians trying to make comedians laugh for money. I I, I want to see like. The American version of that. I, I don't. Lo- I oh. don't want to see the American version of that. <laughs> I think we're living the American version of that. 
Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Stu, for coming out. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Cinnamon Sugar, you sugar cubes. Like we said, we got popcorn and whiskey and don't need the popcorn so much, Stu, for coming <laughs> and visiting. And uh, we're podcasting from Guest Room Studios. You can download Cinnamon Sugar Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and wherever you can find us online. And also, uh, feel free to join our uh Private Facebook group for uh, cinnamon sugar fans called Sugar Cubes. Sugar Cubes. Just uh, just look for it on on Facebook and uh, like and subscribe. We like you from our mouths to your ears. That's a wrap. <laughs>